Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. Digital eyewear enables people with vision impairments to customize their viewing experience based on their own special needs. We'll speak with David Bradburn, president of Zoomax US, about the Acesight family of products, how they work, and which device might be right for you. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from David Bradburn. My tip of the week, uh, as it pertains to wearable devices, is be aware of lighting conditions and brightness. If you're attempting to read, it makes sense to do so when you're in a fairly well-lit room. Reading in the dark is not going to work with a wearable uh, pair of digital glasses. And then when it comes to brightness, if you're watching television, just be aware that when you're doing so, especially in a dark room, that television is going to seem awfully bright. So consider lowering the brightness level and you'll enjoy the experience all the more. Well, those are some great tips for people using these devices to make sure they're comfortable and getting the best experience. Thank you. You're welcome. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting David and learning about Zumax, the company that created and sells the Acesight family of digital eyewear. Well, hi, my name is David Bradburn. I'm the president of Zumax USA. I am located near Boston, Massachusetts, and that's where I'm speaking to you from now. And I gather that Zumax is a multinational corporation. That's correct. So there is a parent company, if you will. So Zumax Technology is a Chinese corporation. They're headquartered in Hangzhou, which is in the, the southeastern part of China, not too far from Shanghai. That's where our products are designed and manufactured. And then the products themselves are represented in over 70 countries worldwide. But here in the U.S., uh, we actually have our own company. So Zumax started a company back in the beginning of 2018, and that's the company I helped to manage. And we, we take care of everything for the USA market, as well as the rest of North America, namely Canada and Mexico. And for people who may not have heard of Zumax before, can you tell us what they do? Sure. So Zumax uh, was established about a decade ago. And when they first kind of came to market, they were introducing magnification devices. So uh, for listeners who are familiar with the term video magnifier or CCTV or electronic video magnifier, those are all terms that apply to products that Zumax has manufactured and sold in the past. So they have been doing that, like I said, for about a decade. And then since about five years ago, they began developing a solution, which is what we're going to be talking about today, of course, which is electronic eyeglasses that people wear. And there's a camera and screens that help people to see everything around them as they're looking around. Well, that's great. It sounds like it's been around a long time. And I'm sure our listeners will be eager to hear about some of these products. Yes. Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. 
Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is the Acesight family of wearable digital eyeglasses. So in your introduction, you mentioned that Zumax is making digital eyewear. Can you tell us what that is? Sure. I mentioned earlier in the, in the kind of the uh, description about the company that, you know, one of the things they've been known for is making video magnifiers or CCTVs. So for anybody who's familiar with the concept of one of those products, you're, you're talking about a device that has a camera. The camera, everything the camera sees is displayed on a screen. And on that screen, it's displayed in magnified form. And then the person who has low vision is making text bigger or smaller, depending on their eye condition. So wearable digital eyeglasses, and they, they can also be known by different names, but these, these kind of wearable eyeglasses are also electronic. They also feature a camera. But instead of a large screen, which most people would associate with a CCTV-type product, there are actually two small screens, one that sits in front of each eye. And as you are wearing these eyeglasses and looking around, everything the camera captures is displayed onto these small screens in front of your eyes, and you're able to see it. And you're able to see it because, number one, you can magnify it. Number two, because the screens are quite close to your eyes, it's the equivalent of standing a few feet away from a 50-inch television screen. And uh, when you're wearing it, it means your hands are free, so you're not having to kind of hold the device as you would with a handheld device. Obviously, these devices are not for people who are totally blind. Tell us who the target audience for such devices are and who might best take advantage of these devices. What we generally tell people is, if you have a visual acuity that is between 2100 and 2600, then you're a good candidate for a device like Asight. And just for the record, and I'm sure most of you know this already, but 2200 visual acuity is one of the definitions of legal blindness in the USA. So we do have people who are legally blind who are able to use a device like Asight and basically observe improvements in their visual uh, independence. Is there any advantage to people whose visual acuity is outside that range? For anyone whose visual acuity is worse than 2,600, that doesn't mean that they wouldn't see some improvement, but it is our opinion and certainly our experience that the improvements will not be enough to justify an investment like this. On the other end of the spectrum, if your eyesight is better than 2,100 visual acuity, there are more traditional means of addressing that deficit than buying a device like this. I understand there are multiple versions of Acesight. Can you start by describing the Acesight VR device? There are two different models of Acesight. One device uh, looks very similar to virtual reality eye goggles. Characteristically, virtual reality goggles or eyewear wrap completely around the eyes. The advantage of that approach is that it blocks out any outside light, and so it provides you with a very, very good quality image, uh, which, which can even work well in poor light conditions. That device 
has a cloth head strap, which is attached to the headset with, uh, with Velcro fasteners. And you place it on top of your head the way you might a baseball cap or maybe a cross between a baseball cap and a little bit of a welder's helmet in that you've got something that's in front of your face, but it's actually attached with these straps on your head. It weighs about a pound, not that heavy actually. And while you're wearing it, if you want to look at something left or right, you have to turn your head to do so because the camera is positioned centrally on the device. And how does that device differ from the A-Sight AR device? The other type of A-Sight is a little different. It is similar in that you place it on your head and it fastens to your head, except with that one, it is a, a plastic fastener that uh, when you loosen it to put it on your head, the fastener is at the back of your head. And you turn this little dial clockwise at the back of your head to kind of draw the headset together. And it, it tightens, not uncomfortably so, but it tightens on the back of your head. The characteristic of this other A-Sight is that it uses not virtual reality, but something called augmented reality. So augmented reality, or AR for short, is characterized by a device that is very open in design. So although these screens of the AR unit also are in front of your eyes, there's nothing blocking the sides or bottom part of where this device is. So if you have peripheral vision and you can look down or you can glance left or right, you can in fact be mobile. That is to say you can walk around while wearing that model of A-Sight. And that's obviously an advantage for some people in certain situations to be able to see the real world around them directly while they're using these glasses. And I want to just say something that's really, really important as it pertains to virtual reality models. It is absolutely not safe to walk around while wearing those because the closed nature of the design taking away all of your peripheral vision means that you won't be able to see things that are close to you, your depth perception will be off and you could potentially fall. So uh, best to sit down if you're wearing that model. I am of the vintage that requires bifocals. Yes. How does that work with these screens that are, you know, only an inch or two from the eye? Great question. So you have two options if you wear bifocals or any other type of prescription eyewear. There is space to keep your glasses on. So if you want to keep your bifocals on, uh, that's fine. The second option is remove your eyeglasses and just let the A-Sight compensate for your eye condition directly. So the A-Sight will focus as well as magnify. And for, I would say for most people, maybe two thirds of people choose to use these digital eyeglasses without their prescription eyewear on their face, uh, simply because this digital eyeglass is capable of, of compensating for their vision impairment. You talked about peripheral vision, and many eye diseases create blind spots, so either a lack of peripheral vision or a lack of central vision or whatever. Can you use the A-Sight to compensate for that? You're absolutely correct. There are a number of people who do have these varying eye conditions that do result in either scotomas on the retina, which will create black spots. Sometimes people can only see centrally, as you point out. We address this with A-Sight using a feature we call narrow mode. And 
first and foremost, for someone who has a limited degree field of vision, so someone with retinitis pigmentosa is usually prone to that sort of condition, narrow mode takes the entire scene in front of you, and then ASight will reduce the size of that picture and allow you to move that picture anywhere where you can see best. So I was telling you before that the example using ASight is like standing in front of a 50-inch TV. Using narrow mode, we could reduce that so-called 50-inch image and reduce it to something that maybe is no more than 10 inches in size. And that little picture in picture is then moving anywhere inside the available uh, display for you to see. And that does mean that people that might have been taught a skill of kind of turning their head sideways to look out of their peripheral vision, if that's how they're able to see, can still make use of that peripheral vision using this functionality, but they don't have to turn their head. Is that a user adjustment or is that something you work with a Zoomax technician or your eye care professional or what? No, it's user adjustable and actually very, very easy to do. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it is. So you just talked about some specific modifications that a user can make to this device. It sounds like these digital glasses must have a number of adjustments in them depending on a user's vision and particular issues. Can you talk about some of the adjustments that can be made here? Uh, sure. Some of the more basic things that people are usually looking to change. One is brightness. So obviously some people can have an eye condition that makes them more sensitive to brightness than others. Uh, in that case, dimming the display so that what they're seeing is not so bright is one thing. Related to that, and this is very common, is high contrast color modes for when people are reading text. So we hear from a lot of people that they prefer to read when text is displayed in the high contrast combination of colors, the most common of which would include things like yellow text on a black background, white text on black, or the reverse of either of those two combinations. Yeah, that can make a big difference. When I had partial vision using a CCTV, I would always have the text white on black, and it was a lot easier to read that way. Yes. And I learned from him that that makes the text easier to read, and I have normal vision, and I always read white on black. Yes. You know, as I assure uh, people when I speak with them, there's no wrong answer here. I mean, the reason there is this customization is because even two people with seemingly similar or the same eye conditions could be vastly different from each other in, in, in practice. So yes, those are very important things. How does a user focus this device? A-Sight does have autofocus, and for most people, that's fine. There are times, though, when you want to turn off autofocus. And one of the examples that I think of the most is when you're watching television. Now, usually when you're watching TV, it's a fixed distance from you. You're not getting up and down that often. You sit still and you watch television. But if someone stands up during the, the programming and walks in front of you, that will trigger the autofocus part of A-Sight, and A-Sight will initially attempt to focus on the thing that's close now because someone just walked in front of you and it might not necessarily correct itself to then refocus on the TV once the person leaves the scene. So the adjustment of turning off autofocus means that you can sit down to watch television, 
make sure that it is in focus according to your eye condition and looks as clear to you as possible, and then turn off autofocus at that point. It's a simple button press uh, on the controller. And once that's done, you don't have to worry about it again. It will just stay in focus on the TV at all times, regardless of what walks in front of you. Well, that's a nice ability to be able to change the focus. And so that means that you can look at distance objects as well as read a book, for example. Absolutely right. That's true. How does a user make the various adjustments on these devices? There is a controller. It's a handheld controller with all models of A-Sight. The virtual reality one, the A-Sight VR, that is a wireless Bluetooth-connected uh, handheld controller. It's very small. It fits in the palm of your hand. It has three buttons that you use for adjusting some of the things that we've spoken about already, like high contrast color modes, brightness, that sort of thing. And then there is a joystick that you would usually move up and down to zoom in and out on an image using your thumb. The device can be used left-handed or right-handed. It doesn't matter. The augmented reality version of A-Sight is also a controller, but that is a controller that is actually physically attached to the headset by a cable. There is a lanyard that comes with that model, so you can have the controller hanging from your neck, so you don't have to be holding it all the time. But just like the VR unit, that controller has buttons for zooming in and out and other buttons for changing some of the things that we've spoken about, like the narrow mode, the high contrast colors and brightness. So a lot of people with vision problems like you're describing tend to be a little bit older and a little less technically savvy. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the user friendliness of these devices. Sure. First and foremost, if we think about all of the things these devices can do, once someone's got their device configured for the way they want it to work, the buttons that you're most likely to use are zoom in and zoom out. And the process of doing so is very, very easy. The other thing too, we also have created a series of instructional videos for the A-Site models that actually explain all aspects of the product. Everything from opening the box and learning what's inside to how do you power it on and off how do you change the magnification? All of those sorts of things. Uh, there are two other options uh, to help people if all else fails. One is, of course, just to call us. And then the final thing is that in some parts of the country, we do have distributors or dealers who represent us and sell our products. If you are buying a device through one of the dealers, in many cases, they will have shown you how this device works during a visit to your home or place of work. It's always nice to be able to have a demo before making such a purchase. Indeed. And may I say one thing about that, by the way, because there are some parts of the country where we do not have a dealer. What we are able to offer in a limited number of cases at any time is we do have a seven-day home trial option that is available to people where they'd obviously speak to us first. And if it was determined that the product was possibly a good fit, then they would pay a small amount. It's about $150. They would then have a new unit shipped to them. They have seven days from date of receipt to try out the device, see if it works for them. 
If it does and they love it, we deduct the 150 that they've paid from the purchase price and they keep that unit because it would be a brand new unit. If they determined that it wasn't a good fit for them or it didn't work or whatever the reason, uh, then we provide them with a return label and they can ship the device back to us. And no other questions asked, they do not get the 150 back in that case. It's a non-refundable fee. What kind of warranty and service arrangements are there it, just in case something goes wrong? Every product from Zumax is protected by a two-year warranty. If a device is less than 30 days old and something goes wrong and it's something we cannot fix or diagnose over the phone, then we will provide you with a shipping label to return the device to the service center nearest to you. It will get repaired and sent back to you. It doesn't cost you anything. If the device is older than 30 days, but within the two-year warranty, your only responsibility is shipping the device to the service center nearest you. Any subsequent repair or service, as well as the return shipping to you, is covered by Zumax. So now over the past few years, there's been the proliferation of a number of similar devices. And I'm wondering, when people are making a purchasing decision, what distinguishes Zumax from some of these other products. So when we are speaking with someone about a wearable device like A-Site, my first question then is, how important is mobility to you while wearing this device? Here are some examples. Would you walk through a supermarket wearing a device like this so that you can independently look at signs above you, look at things in front of you, read the labels on packages of food, and if the answer is yes to that, or even if you just tell me, yes, I want to be able to walk around my house, I want to be able to walk into my garden and observe the things outside, and I want to do so without removing my wearable device, well, then the augmented reality version of A-Sight is the only device, to my knowledge, in the world that allows you to do that safely. With the other devices, they usually have disclaimers telling you not to attempt to walk and you have to remove it before doing so, and then you put it on when you get to where you want to be. And this is because you've left the peripheral vision path open? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. The other question that we ask, and the other reason that this model of A-Sight is good, is for people who read sheet music to play an instrument. So if you are wearing a virtual reality model of A-Sight or any other type of wearable device, because of the nature of them wrapping around the eyes, you can't just glance down and see if your hands are on the appropriate place on the piano. Whereas if you're wearing this open model, you can still look straight ahead to read your sheet music. And without moving your head necessarily, you can glance down with your eyes to see whereabouts your hands are. That's the question that I would ask first. If after all that, someone says, well, you know, the mobility isn't that important then I'm more inclined to say, okay, well, you could certainly consider either model of A-Sight, but the virtual reality model may be of more interest to you. And this is where the differentiation happens, not only between our two models, but also between A-Sight and virtually everything else out there. The virtual reality version of A-Sight, it is brand new state-of-the-art technology. The camera on this device is 48 megapixels. Most of the other wearable devices that are out there have a megapixel rating of about 12 megapixels. Anyone that has tried a different device and then tried the VR version of A-Sight 
has remarked that the image quality is beyond excellent. And in many cases, that's that's all that matters because image quality, of course, I mean, ultimately that's the be all end all of a device like this. But the other thing that differentiates it as well, many of the other devices that are available from different companies tend to have a user interface on the wearable uh, eyeglasses themselves. And that isn't always that intuitive for everybody. Uh, so when you do have someone who's not so comfortable with technology, it's not to say that it's a skill that cannot be taught or learned, but certainly the idea of holding something that feels more like a TV controller. Most of us are, are, are familiar with the concept of a TV controller. So it's something we're very comfortable with, the idea of holding that in our hands and pressing a button. So certainly a device to consider if you're a candidate for such a device, considering some of the capabilities and some of the ease of use features. Yes. And after interviewing David, but before recording this episode, we learned that Zumax USA is going to release two special plans in the education field and for seniors above the age of 65 in which they will bundle packages like desktop CCTV and handheld video magnifier and direct wearable device with a discount and access to a Snow 4.3 device. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item how to learn more about the AceSight family of electronic eyewear, and how to contact the folks at ZooMax who make them. So if people would like to find out more about ZooMax and learn more about some of the devices that we talked about today, where would you direct them? So the simplest thing is if they're interested to learn more about AceSight, there is a website by the same name, www.acesight.com. That's A-C-E-S-I-G-H-T dot com. There's contact information there. There's a contact us form there. There's even a chat box where you can actually chat with an agent during business hours uh, on weekdays. But that's certainly the best thing. So www.asite.com. Is there a phone number or email that people could use if they have a question? Of course. Yeah. So if, if someone would prefer to speak to somebody, uh, they can call our toll-free telephone number, 866-296-8388. If someone's calling from somewhere outside of the U.S. and they want to use the regular number, that number is 617-297-2988. And in terms of email, our general information mailbox is the one I'd suggest, and that is info at asite.com. Do you have a social media presence? We do. If you search for Zumax, certainly you will find us on the usual Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. And um, if someone's interested, we're also on LinkedIn. And I assume for people outside the U.S. and Canada, you can direct them to their local distributor. Absolutely, for sure. If someone is from another country, we would direct them to the appropriate contacts so they can get local service and, in many cases, in their own language rather than uh, speaking with someone in English. And as usual, if you missed any of that information in the audio portion of the program, you can go to the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. 
That's it for show number 2039. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about non-visual theater. Mac Gordon, artistic producer of Theater in the Dark, describes how the group has turned lemons into lemonade despite being unable to hold public performances due to the pandemic. We'll talk with Mac about their upcoming live virtual audio-only presentation of War of the Worlds and how you can join in this evening of creative theater. So we hope to catch you next week for that episode. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.